that's what I'm learning right now is like having faith that the universe will provide exactly what you need in the 11th hour, like in the last possible moment. And I'm seeing it over and over again. And I think that that's the lesson in this for me. We heal in health and we die through dieting. You feel? Yeah, me too. Let's start the vulnerable and raw conversations needed to inspire. Let's get the experts talking to educate and motivate. Let's come together as a community to discuss what it means to be optimally human and aligned spirit. I'm your host, intuitive gut health coach, Chelsea Haynes, and this is Let's Start Health. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Let's Start Health, where we share the vulnerable conversations needed to break the stigmas of mental and physical healing and inspire to educate and help you move through your own journey as well. I am so excited to share a very special guest today whom I've had the opportunity to just intuitively connect with over social media and what a beautiful opportunity to be able to do that these days in this weird world that we are living in of social distancing. (laughs) And I would love to introduce the beautiful Morgan Rhodes. She is a spiritual business coach and someone who I just really have become completely magnetically attracted to. And Morgan, I would love to just hand the microphone on over to you if you wouldn't mind. Welcome and please introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Chelsea. Um, So yeah, I'm a spiritual business coach. I started out as like a lifestyle coach and all along the way found um, NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming and Mm -hmm. hypnotherapy and um, a couple of other modalities that help us access the subconscious mind. And that was like, I started out as a yoga teacher and I still am like, yoga is my first love. Mm -hmm. But I had been on this journey for, God, I had been practicing yoga for like almost a decade. I've been teaching for a couple of years and um, it was like I had all the tools, like hella tools, brimming over with tools. I'm like a serial learner. So like I go into my cave for like (laughs) weeks at a time and just like, you know, eat up all of the knowledge. And I was kind of like the wounded healer, you know, like I was like helping other people transform, but like still not being able to embody it habitually myself. And so when my coach uh, at the time and still is for a long, uh, you know, quite a bit of time, um, Ellie Richter, if you know who she is in Charleston, of course, (laughs) um, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. She um, helped me learn about the subconscious mind and how like 95 plus percent, some say like 99% of everything that happens for us in a day, um, thoughts, patterns, habits, beliefs, chemical states in the body, emotions are coming from there. And when I realized that it was like, oh, like I've been trying to change things from like, yeah, it's like I was trying to cut off the branches of the tree rather than actually pulling the roots out of the ground. And so, um, that kind of own, you know, um, I'm learning how to learn lessons gently, but up until this point, I tend to learn them in a very like um, the hard way. And so um, it was 
it was a big wake up for me to realize that I had been trying to learn them. Mm-hmm. I'd been taking the long route home. Yes, I hear you. I, I often say, you know, we can't think our way to healing, but we think we can. <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely think we can. Yes. Also, shout out to my girl, Ellie. Yeah, I've, I lived in Charleston as well from 2004 to 2015, and I only left to join Super Yacht. So Ellie and I uh, are very dear friends. I had the amazing opportunity to visit her family in Germany. So shout out to you, girlfriend. Aww, Miss you. Love you. Amazing. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. It's, 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 we have so many things that we could connect and dive into. But, you know, what I would love to ask you about is, you know, this journey to healing of yours. So you said you've learned the hard way. And, you know, I would love to ask, what are some of the lessons specifically that you're talking about? Like, as far as the healing journey, was it a physical one? Was it a spiritual one? Was it something uh, more emotional? What was that journey like for you? Um, So I grew up in a very, like, rigid community of like this is the path to success and I grew up in like Mm. a very big city well like on the outskirts of a big city so it was very much the corporate America path and then I grew up also in a very religious community that was like very legalistic like there's nothing wrong with religion but I think anything can turn into legalism and when it does turn into legalism like all about Mm. the rule all about the dogma we tend to like really like suffocate the truth (laughs) and so I was just gonna say ignore our intuition which is yeah yeah and really get caught up in the ego and the logic and the like you know the we were talking about this before we started recording like the minute we accept a meme the minute we accept a paradigm or a belief or whatever is true we automatically narrow our universe and so um that's what I grew up in and I for the first 10 years of my life I was very like I don't want to say obedient because I've never been obedient, but like, like <laughs> I was very, you rebel was, you <laughs> yeah. like I like three years old. My mom likes to tell me about the story where I like straight up told Santa Claus he wasn't real. Um, like at the like mall, at the mall, yeah, it was like, don't tell me, you know, everything. You don't know everything. Only the divine knows everything. My mom's like, Morgan, you ain't relax. even real. Yeah, my mom's like, relax. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I like really was, I guess, caught up in the brainwashing until about 10 years old when my parents got divorced and my dad was like I renounce all of this like this is not my truth and that was like kind of a crazy it was crazy because we were so like I went to a Southern Baptist private Christian school I went my dad worked for a Southern Baptist like private company Um, we were very much like our entire world was like very much plugged into that community. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the legalism of that was, I think the problem. And so my dad was like the only person in my life who I had ever known to not, you know, buy into it. And so that just basically set off this whole stream of events of like, what, what is true for me? And I think I went the whole other direction of like, And I got pretty shamed during that point of my life because we were now a broken family, quote unquote. So it was like, your family is broken. And like the connotation or the way that my 10 year old self took it was that I'm now broken because that's the energy I kept getting from other people is like, bless your heart. You know, you'll be okay. Mm. You know, you're fundamentally flawed and now you're even more flawed. And, you know, one day one day it'll make sense for you. 
and good luck. Good luck. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But don't do any of those things, but like never really fully understanding how to embody. Like to me at the end of the day, like Jesus and his love, that is like, you know, that's the love that we should be aspiring to in general. Like Gandhi and the way that he like showed up and um, was peaceful on the world. Like, I feel like we like idolize these things and they've become very like, they've become something that we talk about so much, like MLK, Gandhi, like Jesus, all of these like Buddha, all of these big names. But like during a time like this, it's like very important to look at those people and really like Mm -hmm. set aside the like, I guess how they've been maybe just, taken for granted and really sit down and learn those teachings and how to show up and embody that. And that's what I feel like was missing in my childhood was like embodying the love Mm. and embodying the grace. It was all about the rules. And so I found yoga, like when I was about 15, which was amazing. Like, I don't think I would have, because I sat down on my mat and for the first time in my entire life, they were telling me that I had the answers inside of myself. And that was Mm. I can't even tell you how life-changing that was for me because I had always been taught to not believe my own answers. And like, there's even some sort of verse in the Bible that was, that's talking about like how your heart can be misleading. And so I was very Mm. confused and conflicted and basically, you know, fast forward 10 years, well, fast forward 15 years, um, or maybe even longer than that, fast forward Fast forward some mm-hmm. amount of time later, um, <laughs> I am like on top of the world, had just gotten back from like attempting a 19,000 foot summit in Ecuador. Um, wow. Yeah. We're like training to hike the seven summits. I got pregnant um, last summer. And so obviously you don't, it's like frowned upon to like go up on a mountain and deprive yourself of oxygen right. while you're, you right. know, creating a baby, but. Growing a human, no right. big deal. <laughs> But, um, I like literally, I just run a half marathon through wine country with my best friends, like for my birthday. And then like went to the gorge to see the Avett brothers and the head and the heart, like in Seattle. And then, um, went to Ecuador and backpacked for a couple of weeks and then attempted that summit. And like, that was like in a blizzard. It was absolutely crazy. Like Mm. on top of the world about to launch my personal brand. Um, so like I had been doing this for a couple of years and I was really transitioning into like completely my own thing, like not working for anybody else. And I got like stalked by this guy who turned out to have been someone, my husband and my sister-in-law, like very interconnected in my, um, community. It was very odd. And he stole my entire business bag, like my laptop, my podcast, mic, like everything, like literally um, the week after my website launched. And then like maybe a week or I don't remember the exact time frame, but like my stepdad got admitted to the hospital for a kidney stone. Mm-hmm. But like, I could not ignore the fact that like, I felt like something was wrong. And mm-hmm. so I like, Got all, I was teaching yoga then um, and, and coaching, but I was, you know, teaching a lot of yoga. So I got all my classes covered and I called my mom and I said, I'm on my way. I'm like, I don't know why, but I'm on my way. And um, I'm on my way tomorrow morning. Like as soon as I can get there, I'm there. And like about midway through my drive, um, she called me and she was like, um, he has stage four cancer. And I literally was just like, Like I, like going back to that moment right now and like almost, uh, 
I just sobbed the whole way home. And um, throughout all of that, I actually realized I hadn't gotten my period. Mm. And so I was like, well, of course, it's just stress. This has been a crazy couple of weeks. And at this time, you know, I was already pretty much fully remote other than teaching the yoga classes. And I had just, I had actually said, hey, I'm leaving at the end of the month anyway, and had just said, I'm not teaching yoga anymore. So I was just like, hey, I'm actually leaving earlier than I thought I was going to leave, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm in Atlanta in my childhood home, which I'm actually sitting in right now talking to you. And um, I was there for two months. And basically in the middle of it, I realized I was pregnant and like, I think three or four, it was like a Saturday, I lost the baby. And then the next Wednesday, my stepdad passed away. And it was like a month to the day of his diagnosis. And like, he had had no symptoms of cancer, like nothing. It was all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, you have stage four cancer. And like, very suddenly, like, it was just, uh, our entire worlds got flipped upside down. And um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the world just kind of, I mean, I had been at a rock bottom before, but nothing like that. And um, and what year was that in? Uh, 2018. So pretty recent. Okay. Um, yeah. And since then, it's been a, a healing journey from what you would call that, basically that rock bottom, huh? Yeah. And like, I had done so much work up until that point and subconscious work that like, I felt... I felt very capable of healing in the first rock bottom that I'd ever, like, this was the first time I'd ever been in that place where like, I was like, okay, I know the way out. Like, I know the way out is through and I know that I can do that. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean, like, there was a three month period of like a very dark night of the soul. And then I was like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. That mm -hmm. sucked, but I'm okay. And, and then slowly, I became more and more okay. And um, and I honestly, like in hindsight, I just, um, I think that like, am I allowed to curse on here? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> that gave me the biggest fuck it to just completely mm. go after my dreams and like yeah. completely just, do the work that I feel like my soul is here to do because when you experience a death inside of your own body and also mm. on the outside of you watch someone wrestle with their own mortality not like yeah. not like I have years but like it could be any moment and yeah. just like you know I read that book the I think it's Bonnie where the top five regrets of the dying more times than I can even count yep. But the number one yep. regret was I, I wish that I had a live I had lived a life that was true to me rather than the life everyone expected of me. Yep. And number two or number three on there is like I wish I had like shared how I felt. And yep. um, I was like, you know, and that was like the most. I mean, my stepdad was like a Georgia boy, like Georgia bulldogs, drink beer on the weekends, like the the like had such a great sense of humor, but did not show his emotions very much. So yeah. like, literally, yeah. like, I remember so many nights, like sobbing with him and my mom's in their bedroom. Mm -hmm. And 
one night in particular, like me and all my siblings were taking turns going into the room, like one by one, like he had told my mom, like he didn't think he was going to make it through the night. And we were all just like, it was like two in the morning. And we were just like, I mean, it was gut wrenching. And yeah, when you, when you experience that, like all of the things that we spend all this time worrying about and, um, Mm -hmm. This, this place that we live in, in our mind of like the future or the past, like you're not there, you're in that moment, right. you're fully embodied yeah. in that moment because you don't know if you have another one. Exactly. And do we always live like that? Absolutely not. But like when you learn how to live like that, even for a short amount of time, it, it just really changes everything. Absolutely. We just went through something extremely similar with my husband's dad. It was stage four stomach cancer and he was gone in two, two and a half months, three months from diagnosis and same, I mean, building up to it, maybe he had gone into the hospital like a week before he was having this like chronic low sodium situation, but then all of a sudden it was like, Oh yeah, by the way, you have a huge tumor in your stomach. It was totally out of nowhere. We were in Panama a couple months before. Hello, you intuitive being. This is a quick message for any of you who might be feeling the effects of a drawn out and very odd year. In other words, if you're feeling bloated, constipated, or have rashes on your skin, or are constantly working to keep your anxiety at bay, or your energy levels up just enough to get through your day, it could be the perfect time to hit reset on your gut health. You see, the state of your gut and how well you are digesting your food is a direct reflection of the state of your outer world and how well you are digesting your life experiences. Right now, we are gearing up to prepare for my signature group program, the Fall Gut Health Reset. This is a four-week comprehensive program where I will personally be walking you through an inflammatory elimination protocol to amp up your digestive fire and eliminate anything that is keeping you feeling stuck in the yuck of this new normal. (laughs) And the best part, We will then systematically reintroduce these foods one by one to A, see if you truly do have any food sensitivities. In other words, like maybe you don't actually need to be eliminating gluten just because someone told you at one point in time that it was bad for you. (laughs) And B, to begin rebuilding your new normal. In other words, a truly mindful lifestyle where you can wake up feeling refreshed, excited for your day, and no longer anxious about foods that you're not even sure are good or bad for you. If you are ready to simply hit reset in body, mind, and intuitive soul, head on over to chelseahainescoaching.com and register for the pre-launch waitlist for the Fall Gut Health Reset. There are limited spots available and pre-launch discounted pricing is first come first serve. And while you're at it, as my gift to you, go ahead and get yourself a free download to bounce back to optimal gut health. If you have ever had to take a round of antibiotics, this free download is for you and available on chelseahainescoaching.com. Thank you again all so much. And if you have any questions, please send me a direct message on Instagram at the Chelsea Haynes. I'm a huge fan of voice messages. So head on over there, send me a voice message. I am more than happy to answer any and all of your questions. Lots of love and please enjoy the rest of the show. You know, I want to ask you, you mentioned something about, you know, your stepdad being this 
Georgia bulldog and probably not expressing a lot of his emotions in life. Right? How often do you see this? I mean, I, I feel like it's reoccurring more and more often as, as life goes on for me. I'm seeing it over and over that the more we stifle our emotions, like we will get physically ill, period. Like it is not a matter of if, it's, it's a matter of if you do not, if you stifle down and if you numb and if you pretend that those emotions are not there and if you're associating lower vibe emotions with being bad or being broken, do you, how do you find that that might've played either into his life and then of course into your own as well? Um, I'm sorry to hear about your father-in-law. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I mean, totally. I, and I mean, go dogs, first of all, but like, also yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, um, yeah, I, I don't want to speak to him because I don't actually know what was going through his head. And I, mm. I still, to this day, don't quite understand even like what battles he was fighting. Like, yeah. Yeah. Even my mom, like we've sat down and we've talked about it so many times, like, like what was like, what was the root of that? Like, yeah. we have no clue. Yeah. And, um, and we'll never know. And what, what it is, whether it's this life or it's generational or I have no clue. Mm-hmm. I do get the sense that he felt like he was a failure mm-hmm. to some degree. Um, and I think what I had was dealing with actually during that period with him was some anger mm-hmm. that I had towards him. Yeah. And you know, he had pursued a relationship with me over and over again since like that event that I was angry at him about Mm -hmm. and, um, or multiple events, I would say, but I was just like blocking him. And I was like kind of being an ice queen. Like I'd come into town and he'd like try to come hug me and I'd kind of be, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, when he got sick, I realized like, wow, this is a huge area in my life that I'm not speaking my truth and I'm like not really I'm ignoring it Mm -hmm. and I'm like not not doing the work that I am doing on the outside on the inside and that that night I was telling you about where we were just sobbing with each other was a night where I was like I'm sorry and we were just like having this real and raw conversation and he was like I'm sorry too Mm -hmm. and I literally don't think I had ever heard him say those words and it was just um I think for me, like realizing that the, you know, like I'm a strong channeler. So if I'm in an amazing place, I, I'm either on one or the other extreme. So I'm either just like bouncing off the walls, so excited, giddy, or I'm, you know, on the other extreme. And like, yeah, sometimes I'm in the middle of like, I don't, I just don't think I'm like ever okay. I'm either amazing <laughs> or I'm like, you know, struggling with something or frustrated, you know, and, um, you know, working with Ellie, she's into human design. So like, I realized that I'm a generator and that's kind of part of my yes. rhythm. Um, but, and I'm like an emotional authority. So I have those like roller coasters and that's been really freeing to understand, but like, just, he was actually asking me for help, I think. And I was, mm speaking words and channeling energy towards him that was further giving him proof of the the war he was having within himself of the thing that was not true about him 
And there's a quote um, by Eric Schiffman that says like, love is a willingness to see that which is real. And that was my favorite quote, even at the time. And I was like, Mm. I have not been choosing to see what's real about this, this soul, not the, not the meat suit he's in, but the soul. And I mean, yeah, like to your point, like we will get sick and we're energetic beings having a spiritual experience here in a human body. And I really believe that our emotions are, we're -hmm. always either integrating with source or separating from source. And I actually see our emotions, our negative emotions, what we perceive as negative. And of course we're having a negative emotion because we're having an illusion of separation, but I really believe that our negative emotions are actually like our soul trying to say, Hey, there's something to be addressed here. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we, cause we're energetic beings. So we have a blockage, right? So, yeah. Hey, look at this. Like, let's take a moment and sit with this. And so I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually very grateful that it happened the way that it did. And that I honored that nudge to come to Atlanta and to spend those yeah. two months here because you know, do I miss him? And do I wish he were able to meet my son and my cat that I adopted since he passed away? And, you know, my, my little sister's getting married in a couple months. And of course it's like, God, why didn't I record a video or like something, you know, why didn't I, why didn't, you know, why, why didn't I listen to the nudge that told me to grab my wedding dress and take it to the hospital that day so they could have their father daughter dance, you know? But at the end of the day, like the thing that matters the most to me is that I cleared that energetic blockage and that I'm not having to do it like with his soul, but that I actually like when he passed away, we had cleared that between us. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was intense. And even, even, I mean, there was no indication that that night was going to be the last night. I was literally out with a friend drinking an old fashioned. I was like, I'm so tired this has been such a long two months. I got to go. I'm not sitting at this hospital. He had actually been transferred to hospice that night. And I was like, not sitting at this hospital anymore. Like I need to go have like a moment to myself. And so like, and then the next morning we walked in and he was already unconscious. Mm. And I think he was waiting for us. Yeah, they did. Um, He definitely was waiting for us because it was like within 15 minutes of us all being in the room. Let go, but but I don't have any regret, you know? And so I think that's the more important thing is that like that, and that's what I'm learning right now through all of the things I had a crazy birth to just like wrap this whole healing journey, like up the season and the middle of the pandemic. And that's what I'm learning right now is like having faith that the universe will provide exactly what you need in the 11th hour, like in the last possible moment. And I'm mm-hmm. seeing it over and over again. And I think that that's the lesson in this for me. One of the lessons. I'd love to ask you, because I, I think a lot of people can resonate with that feeling of like, you know, why didn't I do this? And maybe someone listening to this could have some regrets of either taking action in a certain way or not taking action in those moments. So what do you think might have been the block to maybe trusting some of those intuitive hits or trusting some of those or listening to those whispers. What do you think might have gotten in the way of you listening to them? And then for anyone listening to this who might be in that moment right now, would you have any offering or advice for someone who maybe doesn't want to necessarily look back and say, oh, I should have done this? I mean, I think one of the most powerful ways to end your day is with a forgiveness practice. Yeah. And whether that's like 
the Hawaiian one that's like, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Or whether it's just like going through your day and forgiving the thought or the judgment or the mistake, perceived mistake, because we're never really having a mistake to begin with. Yeah. But I think like incorporating that into a daily ritual where like every morning or every evening before you go to bed, just like forgiving and just not carrying that judgment or that tension into the next day. Um, Mm -hmm. Cord cutting meditations have been literally life-changing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I literally used to do them like twice a day at least for like a very long period of time, not just like cutting people or releasing tension in my body, but also releasing thoughts. Yeah. I think like what got in the way for me and probably what gets in the way for most people and granted like those tools are conscious tools, right? And we know that all of it's in the subconscious, a lot of it's in the subconscious. So like the conscious decision-making every single day is very important, Mm. but ultimately we do have to do the subconscious work and, um, you know, 80% of our conditioning is negative and then 95% of our thoughts are on repeat from yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I was in a, it, it didn't matter how many nudges I had gotten. And like I said, if we accept something as truth, then we automatically narrow our entire universe because confirmation bias where our mm-hmm. brains are feeding us, our brains are like an algorithm, like the Instagram algorithm. Yeah. And they're yep. trying to give us more of what we believe is true and what we always. like always seeking that proof, seeking that proof. And they're so it's, our brain is so good at playing the games that they play that it plays, right? It's so good at it. So it's good. like winning all the time, all <laughs> but the time. not necessarily in alignment with where we are trying to be or trying to go. Right. Uh, winning in, <laughs> in the way the software is set up, but not necessarily winning and like pointing us to our highest truth. Ourselves. <laughs> needing to upgrade the software so that way we're winning in a way that is in alignment with our hopes, dreams, and desires. And even if that means reframing those things as good, because, uh, you know, a whole nother discussion here is even just our desires bad. But I would love to, um, did I cut you off? Were you going to say something else on that topic before I, because I have a one more question. I think the la- the other thing I was going to say is just that, um, and you never cut me off. We're in an yeah. Adam flow. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I always in the very first like couple of weeks of working with a client, whether it's in like a group coaching program or in like a one-on-one is like one of the first things we do is we release the top five emotions. So we release yes. anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt. Mm. And inevitably when we do that, usually some sort of shame or embarrassment or fear of failure um, comes up. And so we release that (laughs) and then inevitably some sort of perfectionism comes up. And so I have found that, um, and granted I've released those emotions like multiple times this week, actually. Um, Mm. and each time it's like a different facet of anger gets released, like a different specific Mm. intention gets released, but I think that's really like the work is to release the old programming, but, but not just release the old programming because so many coaches and so many therapists just focus on the problem, which is so way motivated. You're like, literally you're putting yourself energetically 
in the direction that you don't want to be in. And so I think it's just as important to install the new programming in and also get clear on like what you want. Like, it's not just about being honest with yourself about your emotions. It's also being honest with yourself about your desires. desires. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the hardest questions that oftentimes my clients have an, uh, an issue answering is just, what is it that you want? It's like, oh, I don't know. Like if I have to put it in a measurable frame or if I have to really break it down to you, like, I know I want something more, but we've almost been programmed or we are blocked just like what you said from all these things. And, and maybe to even circle it back around to ignoring those hits, like we are blocked to our intuitive guidance, I would say oftentimes because of all these other emotions and all this other outdated software, outdated programming that we are operating on, not only is it blocking us, but then also we, we don't even let ourselves go there. Like we don't even feel like we are worthy to go to our desires or that we're, we're valid enough to claim what it is that we want. So when you say we cleared these emotions. What is it that you actually are doing in that moment? What does that look like? So, yeah. And I don't think we're ever blocked either. Like, I think it's a perceived blockage and I know that you know that, but I think it's, it's important for everybody to keep that in mind because the minute we say we're blocked, we are blocked. (laughs) We're enforcing it. Yes. You're exactly right. Yeah. One of my business coaches said to me recently, like, what if that what if that boulder you think is blocking you is actually a stepping stone? Like what if you actually, what if you actually just stepped up onto it and then you kept walking across the river or whatever you're walking across. And so, um, I think that, I think that, okay. So you asked me, what does the process look like? So there's something in NLP called time techniques and basically, and I didn't know this until I got trained in mm. NLP, that the subconscious mind remembers everything. So it doesn't just remember generationally or um, like if you believe in past lives. And if you don't believe in past lives, then you can just think about it as like a, a metaphor of the, the mind making a story about what something means. But, um, but we also remember even like the conversations our parents were having while we were in the womb. And we remember like, we can even remember like the the color of the cake of our seventh birthday, you know? So like the subconscious mind is processing millions of bits of data every single moment. Mm-hmm. And our conscious mind is only really processing about 126 bits. So even right now, probably the if you're listening to this, you are focused on something. So if you're driving, you're focused on what's in front of you. But there's all this other stuff in your awareness that your subconscious is actually still picking up on. And it's just deleting, distorting, and generalizing it based on your filters, your strongly held beliefs and convictions, your metaprogramming, which is like your religion or even your political affiliation, um, your language, the context, what you've experienced, your memories, all the things. And so what we're doing with time techniques is we're getting in touch with that timeline that Mm -hmm. our subconscious has. And even though time is an illusion, because we are having that perspective as a human, we have a timeline, our subconscious has a timeline. Mm -hmm. And so we're getting, we're floating back to the very first event where that limiting decision or limiting emotion started. And then we're asking the subconscious what it needs to learn from that event. And we're allowing the subconscious to change the perception of it 
and to get the learnings it needs to be able to integrate itself back into wholeness. And then we are clearing that emotion or limiting decision all the way back to now. And it is crazy empowering. Um, Sometimes when you're at the first event and like the process to getting there is obviously like guided, but like sometimes it's like, I am seeing nothing. I'm seeing like a black blob. Sometimes you actually, like your subconscious actually brings up a memory. Um, I had a client like two weeks ago who, and she posted this on her Instagram, so she would not mind me sharing this, but um, she, we were releasing perfectionism in my group coaching program. And she had a memory of her coming out of the womb and her dad saying, I wish it were a boy. Mm. But then I was, there were a couple of people who like didn't clear it the first time. So I was guiding them through the process of actually finding the first event. So she was like, well, whatever, I'll just do it again. Even though I think I've cleared it, I'll do it again. And when she did it again, she went back to her grandmother and her grandmother, I think it was her grandmother. It was one of like her great grandmother or somebody like that. Their sibling had passed away and their mom had said to the grandmother, um, I wish it had been you. And like, that was the root of it. So this, this perfectionism that's been here in her life was coming from these two situations where she didn't, I literally have full body goosebumps where she literally did not feel like who she was, was enough. And that she had to prove herself to earn love and acceptance. Of course. And think about how that fundamental belief, that, that birth of that belief has filtered into her entire life in the most obvious and most subtle ways through it all. It's, it's, it's amazing. And after this, I'm going to ask you about your NLP training because that's been on my, which by the way, for anyone listening, it stands for neuro-linguistic programming. And I've done a lot of also energetic uh, clearing, clear your shit with Dane Thomas. He's a, he's a funny character and anyone's ever heard of him. But anyway, I'm really excited to look into this more and it's it's been on my list to embark on a training for a while. I wanted to take a quick moment to give you, my community of listeners, some genuine appreciation. I know how valuable and precious our time is in today's world of productivity and I couldn't be more grateful for yours today. If you feel that this episode was of value to you, I would be even more grateful if you were to share it with your people. Go ahead and copy and paste that link into messages. Smartphones make it super easy these days. Or if you're feeling really creative, pop a screenshot of the episode into your Instagram stories and send it on over to that person in your life who might need this boost of inspiration today. Don't forget to tag the podcast handle Let's Start Health And of course, my account, your host, the Chelsea Haynes, so we can have all the fun connecting, building community, and sharing all the things. Thank you again. And remember, be curious and relentless on this journey to health.